turn to government to restore our souls. We put our faith in Almighty God. You voted to make America great again. We are making America greater than ever before. And it's happening before your eyes. We will rekindle new faith in our values, new pride in our history, and a new spirit of unity that can only be realized through love for our great country. The American people voted to reject this corrupt globalism. This is the most important election in the history of our country. And yet, despite all of our greatness as a nation, everything we have achieved is now in danger. We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. And when I'm reelected, the best is yet to come. talk about the crisis in Spain. Yeah, we're going to talk about the crisis in Africa. Yeah, Russia. Yeah, Russia. And I want to talk about the president of Russia, yeah, Putin. Yeah, Putin. Putin, listen to me. I have very important message to you. The message is, and the president of China Oh, I didn't finish Russia. No, sir. Thank you to correct me, First Lady. Damn. Yeah, thank you very much. God bless you. And God bless... Thank you all. Hallelujah. Clap to your president. Clap to your president right now. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a Saudi Arabian video mocking the United States of America because of an illegitimate, an illegitimate, excuse me, president and illegitimate vice president, an illegitimate regime, which means we have an illegitimate Supreme Court nominee, which means we have an illegitimate FBI. Well, we've had that for quite some time, which means we have an illegitimate DOJ, which means we have an illegitimate national security agency, which means we basically have illegitimate leadership all the way up to the top office of our country. 
And now the world is making fun of and mocking the United States of America for the first time in my 42 years on this planet. Now, I know that these countries like Saudi Arabia and others have talked bad about America, have wished death on America, has done terrible things to citizens of the United States when they're over in these countries just merely because they are Americans. But I have never seen them openly mock and make fun of us, at least to the degree in which they are right now. We're the laughingstock of the world. And as our great friend Steve Bannon says, elections have consequences, stolen elections have catastrophic consequences. And it's time for a little toxic masculinity to come back and let people know who's really in charge. Men are afraid to be men anymore. Strong men are afraid to be strong men. Strong women are afraid to be strong women. Nobody knows what to do and everybody's afraid. It's time for a little bit of toxic masculinity to come back and take control of this country. Amen? Where's those mean 3 a.m. tweets? That's what I'm looking for. And I don't care who they're from. And I don't care if they're called truths, tweets. I don't care. We need somebody at the helm who's going to call it like it is and put their foot on the gas. Folks, you are locked and loaded right here. Live from America. God bless each and every one of you. Thank you very much. I am your ever so humble, God-fearing, and God-loving host of the show, Jeremy Harrell, the hip-hop patriot. Coming to you live from the Live Free or Die Granite State of New Hampshire. And as always, it is a pleasure to be here, and I am blessed. God bless you again. This is Holy Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. And on this day, Jesus continued preaching. Continued um, antagonizing the Pharisees. Continued being a thorn in the side of the religious leaders in Jerusalem. And on this day... They were trying to trip Jesus up during his teachings. But Jesus was smart enough to say, since you don't want to answer my questions, I'm not going to answer yours. And inflamed them even more and made them even more upset with the man who came to destroy their swamp. Their swamp problem that they had 2,000 years ago. Because they had a swamp problem much like we do right now. And just like Jesus drained that swamp, we'll be draining some swamps too. People are saying Roku is not working. I apologize. Do not know what, that, what the reason is for that. Um, but at least you can come over to Rumble and watch. I will ask you guys, share, 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 share. On this beautiful Holy Tuesday, I want to give a shout out real quick to a business on the America Strong business page. Uh, Teresa Saletti asked me if I would give a big shout out. She says, I'm working hard to hit a new rank in my young living business. Can you give me a shout out? I am on your America Strong business page. Thank you for that. Be free with young living essential oils. Please join Teresa's team. Contact Be Free with young living essential oils. So when you go on to Jeremy Harrell's, uh, jeremyharrell.com, you can go to the America Strong Business page. We created it for a reason, guys. It hasn't been utilized a lot lately. I think we need to drive some attention back to, the, to that page or to that tab on the page because we need to start, folks, now more than ever, now more than ever. Oh, sorry, I'm just reading some comments. Now more than ever, we need to support each other. 
now more than ever, especially, especially our businesses, folks, because people are are pulling back. We're pulling back in my family too, and it really stinks. There's people that I supported. There's charities that I was giving to openly because we, you know, because we had a little extra and we stopped doing some fun things so we could do these things. We got to pull back. Everybody's pulling back. The donations on the page are pulling back. So while things are being pulled back and when you do go shopping, please check out the America Strong Business page and shop with among our community. Okay, and if you're shopping on places that I have partnerships with, I ask that you please use the promo code because it'll help out in times where people are pulling back and a lot of people just can't help the show out right now. So just check out that America Strong Business page and check out again. It is the Young Living Essential Oils, Teresa Saletti. Check that out on the America Strong Business page. Well, folks, I do want to remind you before we get to the Lord again that I will be traveling tonight after the show. I will be heading into Boston tonight, be getting in there late. I will be getting up for a 5 a.m. flight tomorrow, flying to Arkansas. There will be no morning show tomorrow. Again, repeat, no morning show. There will only be an evening show tomorrow. And on Thursday, there will be no show. So you'll kind of get two back-to-back. You'll get an evening show tomorrow, and then you can click right over to Real America's Voice News, and you can watch the special from down there, the Save America uh, Freedom Tour special. We'll have Jan Morgan there with us. Uh, But there will be no Thursday shows, as I'll be traveling all day Thursday. We'll be back Friday, good Friday, for two shows heading into the weekend. Let's get to the Lord. And let's go to the uh, this morning's newsletter. If you did not sign up for the uh, the newsletter, I urge you to please do that. It really is a great way for us to stay into contact. And it gets you these morning newsletters, which, by the way, you can share right from your email to your Facebook page, to your Twitter pages, or you can forward it to people. And I think we need to spread the gospel a little bit more going into this, this holy time, going into this holy war for sure. All right, here we go. Verse of the day. I titled it, Be Generous and Do Not Expect Anything in Return. Verse of the day, 2 Kings 4.10. Let's build a small room for him on the roof and furnish it with a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. Then he will have a place to stay whenever he comes by. Now, this, re- this verse is actually referring to Elisha. During his many travels, when he went through the town of Shinem, a woman had invited Elisha to stay with her and her husband. He would be warm and well-fed while there. She was wealthy, and most wealthy people then and now were greedy, selfish, and always looking to use their money to lift their status or the opinions of others towards them. She did this out of kindness, however, and knew her family could afford to help. When Elisha asked her if he could do anything for her, such as put in a kind word for her with the king or the commander of the army, her response was, no, my family takes care of me. Thank you. She was always kind and compassionate towards Elisha and others, but would never accept anything in return for her kindness. She loved the Lord and felt it her duty to help. She didn't have any children, however, and her husband was a very old man. So when Elisha was thinking on how to repay her. He told her that next year at this time, she would have a child and finally be a mother. One day, the boy whom she gave birth to felt odd and said his head hurt. His father sent him home to be with his mother, where he ultimately died. She carried him upstairs and laid him on the bed that was for Elisha when he visited. She then went to find Elisha to tell him what had happened, and she was filled with sadness. 
Elisha accompanied her back home and raised the boy from the dead for her. She didn't expect him to do that as she never expected to be rewarded with a son for her kindness. In this moment, her kindness and her faith in the Lord was enough to bring her son back to life. Now, even though she never expected or asked for anything in return for her compassion and generosity, God rewarded her with this miracle. Lesson of the day here is don't ever give and show kindness expecting anything in return. What we get for it is knowing that we are pleasing God. That should be the only reason that we ever do it. The gift of pleasing God is all we could ever hope for, and it's a miracle in itself. We thank you, Jesus, in your holy name we pray. Amen. And it is, folks, giving is the best reward you could ever get. Helping and giving gives you a feeling that if you don't know what it is, it's kind of strange, but I'll give you a little spoiler alert. It's called joy. Giving and helping others does not bring you happiness. Giving and helping others brings you joy. And once you experience joy, you never, ever, ever want to experience just plain old happiness ever again. Let's remove our hats and let's go to the Lord as we start out this Holy Tuesday as one united LFA family with our feet on the gas and on fire for the Lord. Here we go. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Folks, I do. Well, thank you, Denise. I appreciate that. I really do. Folks, I do want to um, I do want to give a big shout out, if I could, before we start here, to Real America's Voice News. I was informed over the weekend because they share all of my little short clips on their Facebook page. By the way, if you're not following Real America's Voice News on Facebook, please go ahead and do so. Um, because they do share a lot of stuff, including Trump rallies and short clips from Bannon and everybody else. But, ladies and gentlemen, Life from America, through the grace of God, has become the king of their social media, both on Instagram and on Facebook. I don't know what it is, but Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, there was over about a quarter of a million views on just three of the Live from America short clips on Facebook alone. So I think the, the show has finally reached like Project Veritas status, where even, in, even though we are banned from a certain site, even Mark Zuckerberg himself cannot stop the word of God and cannot stop the positivity and the grace that this show brings as a conduit from God himself. That's what the show is. I've never claimed it to be anything other than that, and that is exactly what it is. This show is not for me. This show is not for you. This show is for him. And that goes to show you right there, being banned from a platform, and we still have a quarter of a million views, which dominates anybody else on Real America's Voice News, not only on their Facebook page, but also on their Instagram page. So you tell me, whose work is that? That's not work from me. That is work from God. That's God's work right there. So a big shout out to Real America's Voice News for doing that. And a big shout out for our producer here. Because I got to tell you, without him, folks, we would not be making a dent in these evil forces trying to hold us back. 
So we want to give a big shout-out to him, and remember all your Rumble rants that come in go to his uh, salary to keep him here because we can't have him going anywhere else. Oh, and by the way, do you know what his name is? Elisha. I know you guys have heard me call him Eli, but his name is Elisha. So how fitting that we did a, uh, a verse of the day about Elisha this morning. Please like and follow his Facebook page called LFA Producer as he's just over there absolutely killing it. You can't beat God, ladies and gentlemen. Put your cups up on this holy Tuesday, and let's have our first slip before we get into some real news. Who needs a Facebook page when you're getting a quarter of a million views from somebody else? Um... I did not have this as part of the show, so you will not see it in the captions or in the, uh, the description, but breaking news right before we came on, literally right before we came on, New York Lieutenant Governor, which is the second in charge to Kathy Hochul, Hochul, whatever you call whatever her, how you ever pronounce her last name, he has been arrested, ladies and gentlemen, that's right, Democrat, New York Lieutenant Governor Brian Benjamin, right before I came on air, so new that I don't think anybody's even reporting on it yet. He's been arrested in campaign finance scheme. Let's read the story real quick. This was not part of the first and foremost section. Thank you for the rumble rant. That will go towards Eli. Uh, New York Lieutenant Governor Brian Benjamin was arrested Tuesday in connection to an alleged campaign finance scam, according to the report. Benjamin, Kathy Hochul, second in charge, surrendered to federal authorities this morning to face a federal bribery conspiracy indictment over his alleged participation in a scheme to funnel fraudulent donations. Benjamin was questioned earlier this year by the feds amid a uh, reported probe into whether he was involved in an alleged plot to illegally funnel contributions to his failed campaign as city comptroller. Get that? You, you take a failure, you take a loser, and you put him a second in charge as soon as you get the spot. Isn't that something? Benjamin admitted to the post, that he was interviewed in connection with the conspiracy and wire fraud charges filed in November against him, and again, excuse me, against Harlem landlord and lawyer Gerald Migdal, who's accused of making illegal straw donations to Benjamin's campaign. Long story short, I'm not going to read the rest of it. Bad news bears for Democrats. They continue to go down the, the, uh, the, the toilet bowl. We continue to flush them out. Along with rhinos, we're getting rid of the bad people in our elected government uh, seats, and we're putting in good people. And if we have to rely on God to do it, then that's exactly what we will do. So a big, 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 beautiful news. Uh, Some big, beautiful news to start out the show today. And um, the following footage. Oh, I almost started playing the uh, I almost started playing the uh, first and foremost section, which I cannot wait to get to. But uh, again, big news coming out of New York as the second in charge there goes bye bye. Hey, wait, don't we have the music? Where's that? Uh, where's that in sync music? I know we got it. Let's hit it. See you later. Have a good one. Don't let the good uh, the door hit you or the good Lord split you. Celebrate those good times. God is exposing. Keep the faith. Amen. Crime does pay. You can't beat God, says Amanda. Amen. All right. First and foremost section, let's get into it. It's very important. And it's about January 6th. So if you've not shared the video yet, please do so. We want to see more numbers than we've seen in a long time. And that only happens with the 4,100 people watching on Rumble getting us back to the 9, 10,000 that we used to be at. We got to get the word out, and only you can do that. Nancy Pelosi and the Capitol Police are the ones 100% responsible for securing the Capitol building and the people inside. 
Nobody else. 100% responsible. Nancy Pelosi, Capitol Police. Let me say that one more time. Nancy Pelosi, Capitol uh, Police. Who wanted that shout out? Somebody from, hold on, Nevada? Jay Law? There's your shout out. God bless. Um, They are the ones responsible for what happened on January 6th. Period. Now, we... We know that the FBI was involved, and now, after we've uncovered the failed failed FBI uh, kidnapping plot in Michigan, all this is starting to make more sense, and all of it is actually starting to come out. Look, the January 6th sham is coming apart at the seams. We, all, we, we know who did it. We know who's responsible for it. We know how you used Trump supporters to make it look like it was an actual real insurrection. We know how you illegal and Ill- illegally and illegitimately created a January 6th committee to make it look like you were actually investigating real high crimes of insurrection, which is completely fake and false. We know that Nancy Pelosi is hiding tens of thousands of hours of footage from January 6th, and there's a reason why she's doing that. And we also know, based on what I told you months ago, that when this gets into court, everything is going to go down the drain. And they don't want it. I mean, they know that it's going to go down the drain. They don't expect January 6th, the sham investigation behind it or the sham uh, unselect committee to actually produce any results. Their entire reason for doing this is to drag it out as long as they can and make it look like something happened in order to smear President Trump and everybody associated with him, wrap up the Republicans in the meantime, and then win the midterms. But it's not working. It's not working. It was never meant to put people in jail. It will never put people in jail because if anybody fights it and doesn't cop out. Now I know some of the January 6th prisoners have copped out because look, they just can't be in there any longer. I get it. I get it. A lot easier said than done. But if you fight these people, you actually get to a point where you it's called discovery. And when you get to discovery, you actually get all of this footage that they're hiding. And when you get this footage that they're hiding, you are set free or you are found not guilty. Why? Because there was no insurrection. And the fit and the video footage shows the cops' involvement, shows the Capitol Police's involvement, shows the FBI's involvement, shows Antifa and BLM, shows everybody. Now, we've seen so much of it prior to them taking it and scrubbing it off the internet so you couldn't see it anymore. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as these January 6th defendants continue to fight, more footage comes out. Why does more footage come out? Well, because in a court of actual law, again, You get to a point where you get to discovery. I'm going to play you one of the most recent videos out. When the world continues to start seeing this footage that I'm about to show you, and many, many, many more hours, thousands of more hours of the footage that Nancy Pelosi is hiding, the entire thing falls. Again, the only reason that they are kicking the can down the road and leaving these people in prison is so that they can actually build build and fabricate this entire you know, January 6th committee, all this investigation, bring these people out on TV and tell you how bad of an experience it was. People got killed. People killed themselves afterwards. Oh, it was the worst time in U.S. history, far worse than 9-11, they'll tell you. But when it gets to a court of law, it goes bye-bye. Why? Because the world knows after looking at the footage that I'm about to show you and others that there was no insurrection on January 6th of 2020. And President Trump was right. The real insurrection was November 3rd. I mean, of 2021. The real insurrection was November 3rd, 2020, not January 6th, 2021. Let's go ahead and uh, play this video. It was obtained from the United States Department of Justice. It contains surveillance video of the Upper West Terrace doors of the United States Capitol on January 6th, 2021. 
Just after 2.33 p.m., police officers allow five individuals to exit the Capitol through the Upper West Terrace doors. Pay very close attention to this and share it to everybody you know. This is very, very important footage. Five minutes worth, so bear with me here. At 2.34 p.m., a gentleman holding an American flag catches the door just as the last protester leaves. He turns to the crowd outside and waves towards the door. At the same time at 2.34 p.m., a gentleman with a red cap approaches the interior doors. As the police officer notices him, he continues to approach. The police officer holds the door for the protester as he enters the Capitol undeterred. At 2.35 p.m., a large group enters the interior of the Capitol, police standing at the doors. Police standing as a steady at the stream doors. of protesters enter through the Upper West Terrace doors, now from they can see police officers standing at the interior doors, allowing people to pass. Now, from here on out, you're going to see the police involvement in this. It's incredible. And this is what Nancy didn't want out. This is what the J6 committee does not want out because the world would see, wait, there's no insurrection there. This is incredible. I know there's no sound, but just watch the footage and listen to the narration when it comes on. Police right there. Look at that. Police officers walking right by them as if they were just supposed to be there. Oh, hi, guys. How you doing? Good to see you all. Yeah, go on in. See that one police officer? He's, he waved him in with his thumb. He's like... Around 250 protesters entered the Upper West Terrace doors that day, many of which are charged with felony obstruction for entering a building undiscouraged. Those felonies will go away if they fight it. At 2.36 p.m., a police officer walks towards the exit against the flow of protesters. He then turns around and begins walking with the protesters. He turned his back to them and never took a posture that was defensive or that would indicate that he feared being harmed. At 2.36.54, the police allow the crowd to pass. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. At 2.38 p.m., a woman with a sock hat and a camera with a sound recording device attached to it films police as they allow people to enter. Now, if this was a real insurrection, none of a this would be A steady stream happening. of individuals pass by police as they stand aside without deterring protesters for several minutes. Look at the police. Where's my cursor? Right here. Here we go. Police. Police literally funneling them through. That's what they're doing. They're standing there allowing them to come through. And this guy's waving with his left hand for people to come through. Complete setup. And this kind of stuff proves it. This is why we need to get this footage out. This is why people, J J6 prisoners, I know they're going crazy in there. I've done time. I know what it's like. I've done time in solitary confinement. A lot of time. I know what it's like. It's not fun. You start talking to yourself. You start going crazy. But if they can fight this, if they can last a little At longer, 40 PM, they will win. Stop the protesters to speak to them again. At 2.44 p.m., 
A police officer in the bottom of the screen right can be seen speaking to the officers in front of him Watch this. and pulling them away, indicating to the crowd that they are allowed to enter. The officers then turn their backs to the crowd, which indicate that they did not possess fear of the protesters. The officers then escort the crowd into the interior of the Capitol. Boom. Right there they are. Bringing them right in. Opening the door for them. Wow. So what we have here is a full-blown strategy, folks, to use the crowd to their advantage. Let in a certain number of them from the barricades outside so they could get on the steps. Then allow them in certain doors. Then the police started shooting. At 2.47 p.m., flash police grenades. wearing yellow gear closed the doors. Now they're starting to make it look police like it's a real riot. increases and no more individuals entered through the upper West Terrace doors. See that? Now they're making it look like a real riot. Now that there's oh, how many people inside, then they start making it look like a real riot. It was a complete strategy here, folks. And they used the crowd to make it real. This is, it, it, you have to be an idiot not to see this. First of all, they let them in through the barricades outside because if you were there that day, and I was, there was a good, what, I don't know, football field 100 yards from the barricades to the actual Capitol building. And in that space... There was police officers all day. That's where all of the senators and all the Congress people were coming in. Seen Madison Cawthorn that day. If you guys were there, you remember. There was a big, big space between the barricades and the actual Capitol building. Then the police removed those barricades so that they could get all of the people up on the steps to make it look like they were overrunning the Capitol building. That is when they started letting people in. Multiple locations. This is just one. Let's not forget about all the other locations they let people in. And let's not also forget about BLM and Antifa operatives breaking windows and getting into different uh, different rooms. And then all of that video footage that we had before it was scrubbed from the Internet of them strategizing while they were inside on which places they were going to go. Remember that? Okay. Then once they allowed so many people in, roughly 250, which many of are getting felony charges, That is when the police started locking up all the doors, riot gear started coming out, and then they started shooting flash grenades and smoke bombs into the crowd, which riled the crowd up, crowd up. People already knew some people were inside, and then they started flooding the place to make it look like it was an actual fight against the Trump supporters and the Capitol Police, like they could not stop them. This entire thing was a setup, and the more we start see, the more we see other cases like the uh, the Whitmer thing up in Michigan and how that worked out. Then we go back, hindsight being 2020, we start bringing up old stuff like we did last night, talking about Seth Rich. The entire thing was entrapment. Nobody is going to go to prison that fights it. The only people that go to jail are the only people that get convictions that actually put water behind this fake impeach or this fake, uh, this fake January 6th committee and this investigation is people copping out. My advice, and I know this is not very easy advice to take, especially since you're the one suffering behind four walls being tortured. Do not cop out. Do not cop out. Because when you cop out, you legitimize their charges against you. It's an admission of guilt. I know it's not. I know a cop out is just a deal so you don't get worse or harder time. I get that. But the public perceives it as guilt. Period. And public perception is everything these days. So whatever you have to do, do not cop out. Pray to God for energy. Pray to God for help. I know what it's like. Trust me. I was in solitary confinement for 13 months. 
in Menard Correctional Facility. All you have to do is do a quick internet search and see what that looks like. I've been there. I know what it's like. It's the worst. But if it means saving this country, your life, your reputation, and your family's life in the end, then by all means, do not cop out and fight these charges. Fight these charges. And I will say, for Nancy Pelosi and the rest of the January 6th unselect committee and all of these losers out there who just honestly think that we're buying this or that they're actually going to be able to win on this, it's going to be just like everything else that they've done to President Trump. The walls will not close in. It will backfire on every single one of them. And we will win in the end as usual. Come on, man. (laughs) We did it. We did it, Joe. Dumb, dumb award of the day, Nancy Pelosi and the rest of the Swamp Donkey Democrats who actually think they're going to get somewhere with this or anything else. I have newsflash for you. It's not going to work. So what I'll do is I'll instruct our producer, Elisha. He doesn't like when I call him that. Um, Oh, my God, Jeremy, I want to cry. I know all about Menard Prison. It is hell. Well, I'm glad you know because that's where I was. That's where I was, and it is hell. And it's even worse how when you're in solitary confinement for 13 months, you don't come out the same person as you went in. And I can tell you that. So I know I'm speaking from experience. When I say to these people, fight like hell, then I mean it. Fight like hell. Change your life. Turn it around. Do whatever you got to do. Go to God more than any time you've ever gone to him before. And he will bring it through. And guess what? Those Jericho walls will come down. Oh, my fear. You guys know that song? Jericho walls gotta come down, come down, come down. We're gonna bring those Jericho walls down, baby. All right, we're gonna get off this for a minute. I will instruct the producer to put that together in a short clip for you guys so you have that. Um, And so you guys have that footage out there as well and you can share it to everybody. Thank you for sharing the True Social and thank you guys for popping those numbers up. Let's see if we can get the Rumble family up over 5,000 today and that'll be a good day. Here we go. We're going to move on from that, and we're going to go to California, okay? We're going to go to California because we're talking about fighters. This is the year of fighters. This is the year of people standing up and taking back America. This is the year of people taking matters into their own hands and no longer allowing this illegitimate, tyrannical, overfed, overpriced government to rule their lives anymore. Now, for the, for the, uh, for the citizens of California, for Californians, Splitting their state up into multiple states or even just at least two states has been something that's been talked about for years and years and years. But now, being that we had a stolen election, seeing how we are, it, we are where we are, California becoming two states is more of a possibility now than ever. So you would have California and New California, meaning that a part of the state would secede from the other state And they would have their own governor. And then, of course, the massive electoral count coming from California would no longer exist. You'd have a conservative California and you'd have a stupid, dumb, swamp, donkey Democrat side of California. Okay, I want to talk about this for a little bit and how this could be a very, very real possibility, because the way in which they're trying to do this is they're using the West Virginia model to create the state of New California. The state of New California is in the works and has been for some time. We've known this. We've talked about it for quite a while. It's a little different today than it was back then, though. 
This effort uses the West Virginia model of statehood and the U.S. Constitution believes it's well on its way to statehood. The people of California have had enough. They do not want to be part of the corrupt mess created by corrupt and unconstitutional politicians any longer. So they've decided to create their own state using the West Virginia model for statehood. New California is more than a dream. It's actually in the works. Below, and there's a whole bunch of stuff that I'm not going to put on the screen, but I will put on the notice, the state of New California notice, basically a declaration of independence. That's what you're about to see on the screen is basically a declaration of independence. So I'm going to just pop this over here real quick, and I'll scroll through it for you. State of New California notice to all Californians, constitutional default. See that? April 10th. So it's right now. Okay? Let's read through this. New California is a new state in development, exercising its constitutional right to form the new or form the state of California. From the state of California, excuse me. The process to form new California is authorized and codified in Article 4, Section 3 and 4 of the United States Constitution. There's the United States Declaration of Independence, July 4, 1776 states, and I'm pretty sure you guys know that. But let's move on. Statement of intent. The citizens of New California have decided to remedy the abuse of power by the government of California by exercising their right to form a new state provided in the United States Constitution, Article 4, Section 3 and 4. Okay, let's move on. Oh, it says live stream ended. Stop streaming. Why does why the live stream end? We still live stream and everybody still see us. Hold on here. I want to make sure that we're still streaming on Rumble. Says we weren't says we left. Producer, can you confirm that? We still good? Okay, because it said the live stream ended and a bunch of people left, so hopefully they'll come back. Anyway, let's get right back to it here. Um, the citizens of New California have decided to remedy the abuse of power by the government of California by exercising their right. We already read that. And here we go. We are determined to live under a state government in the United States of America and under the Constitution of the United States, state of, of New California, Declaration of Independence. Here we go. Whenever any form of government becomes destructive, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute a new government. Okay? So as you can see, we, it goes through quite, there's seven pages of this. There's New California, the Patriot State. State of New California, statement of facts, the people of California are suffering from a tyrannical state government which fails to provide a Republican form of governance, enables and supports across its southern border the invasion of the United States of America by illegal foreign nationals and protects vicious criminals who commit outrageous acts of violence upon the citizens of America, all caused by the government of and for a monoparty system led by a tyrannical dictator who openly defies federal law. And it goes on and on and on i will not read all seven pages to you but ladies and gentlemen it is a very real thing i want to play a little bit of this interview from um actually joe hoft was interviewing uh this man who's actually in charge of all this and he goes by the name of paul preston paul preston ladies and gentlemen let's go ahead and play uh this little bit uh this excerpt from paul paul preston affected and so happy to have you here because I just think you've got a message that nobody really knows about. So 
Paul, why don't you give us a quick summary? And if you don't mind, every once in a while I might be kind of interjecting and asking you questions, but uh, really thrilled to talk about what you what you're going to be sharing. Well, we're making uh, the new state of California, and in fact, we're well on the way to statehood. Actually, we've been doing this now for about five years, solid six years, seven years with the research and so on. And uh, we've amassed uh, 56 of the 58 counties, either whole or part of them, uh, to become part of this uh, our charter for new California state. And uh, right now, we, we have a very, very vibrant group that's out there. Uh, we're growing, continuing to grow. We've been sort of running silent, running deep, um, but we've managed to really have some outstanding accomplishments that uh, have built a, a great history for the new state of California. Uh, we've had um, nine constitutional conventions. We're going to be going into the 10th constitutional convention coming up here in June. We did invite the president to be our, our keynote speaker. That's still up in the air, but still... Uh, the idea that we could do something like that. And also, uh, we've created our own legislature, and we've been passing resolutions. So far, we're about uh, about 32, 33 resolutions that have been passed, and these are very, I take them very seriously. We've uh, started the construction of not only the Constitution for New California State, but also the Restored Government of California. Um, yeah, we've, we've done a lot. We've had four, over 40, over, listen to this, over 40, uh, citizens committee hearings throughout the state to the California states zero in over two years. Right. So um, we've been doing the business of the people. We're looking out for the people. We offer hope. We offer li- liberty um, and freedom and all the things that we've always had in California. And also this nation, you know, quite frankly, the whole nation's on the hook right now. Mm. And uh, we're an originalist constitutionalist group. And we're following the Constitution as it's provided in Article mm-hmm. 4, Section 3 of the Constitution. And then we're following the model of statehood that West Virginia left behind as a legacy. So well, that's the uh, thing. we're well on our way to statehood. Yeah, I'm, that's the thing that blew me away. So my first question for you this morning was like, oh, come on, Paul. You know, what's going on here? I mean, really, what you know, is there any precedent for this? And then you mentioned West Virginia, and I was like, you're right. I hadn't, for some reason, that just kind of blew by me. And you're absolutely right. There is a precedent for this. So how does yeah, this mirror yeah. what West Virginia did? Well, in West Virginia, you might recall that there was a civil war going on at the time it had just started, and West Virginia did not want to be tainted with the slave state notion. And at the same time, Virginia wanted to join the Confederacy. So right in the middle of the process of the Article 4, Section 3 state split, when you have to get the permission of the legislature concerned for your state to go on to Congress, um, Virginia, you know, took powder. They they split and joined the Confederacy and left West Virginia high and dry. And so when, when they left West Virginia high and dry, um, they realized that they had to do something. So they went to the Congress, the, the West Virginians did, and said, we don't have anybody to petition to. And they said, well, that's too bad, too bad, so sad. You still have to qualify. You still have to, uh, you know, become authorized under Article 4, Section 3 of the Constitution. So... They sat around and said, well, how do we do this? And the guy by the name of Francis Pierpont said, well, you know, I'll be the governor of the restored government of Virginia. We'll put together a governor, a, a, a state government for ourselves through a restored government of Virginia, of Virginia, and we'll accomplish it that way. So they actually made up their own uh, new state government uh, known as the uh, re- restored government of, West Virginia, or, or of Virginia. 
And so that allowed the West Virginians to then go and appeal to the, the restored government of West of Virginia. So what I want people to realize here, I'm going to stop that right now because we could listen to that forever. It's actually like a 17-minute long interview. Is This is not a new area seceding from the government, seceding from the United States, I should say. The federal, you know, the United States of America, this would be adding a state. This would be adding a state by splitting up California, which is so large and really just owns a monopoly on so many things. It's such a large state. You get you get break make or break somebody running for president from this one state that is so liberally uh, pushed and ran by progressives that half the state says, look, we don't want to be here anymore. We want a new state. I do support that. I do support that. If there is precedent, which there is with West Virginia and Virginia, and if there is a, a, a legal path, which there is in the Constitution, and if it actually makes sense and it isn't just Democrats trying to get another state to get more electors. So I do support it under the right circumstance. And I think if there's any state in the country that needs to be split up into multiple states, it is definitely California, not just because of its size, because of its liberal, progressive, communist influence that it has over the rest of the country because of its size and because of the amount of electors it's allowed to uh, send certified to Washington, D.C. That's why. That is why I support this. Now, I understand that a lot of people think that there's some bad that can come out of this in the form of, well, what happens if the shoe's on the other foot? I get that. I get that. But desperate times call for desperate measures, and right now we are in desperate times, and we need desperate measures. So I would like to go ahead and give the Smarty Award away. Smarty Award of the Day today goes to Paul Preston and the other Californians who are taking matters into their own hands and not allowing themselves to be screwed over any longer by communist elitists who have run California for many, many decades. We'll see what happens, but they do have a precedent, and they're pushing forward, and President Trump knows about it, and they've asked President Trump to speak. So we'll see what happens. I don't think it'll actually happen, but they're closer now than ever, and it's definitely worth talking about, okay? All right, here we go. Let's move to the next story real quick. Speaking of California... Thank you for the rumble rants this morning. I appreciate that as well. Speaking of California, let's go to the uh, the hellhole that the Democrats have created there in, in California. And I feel so sorry for the, for the wonderful patriots that are living there. But now, folks, California has become so bad, riddled with crime, that the United States Postal Service has stopped delivering mail in many parts of Santa Monica, California, and other cities as multiple carriers have been assaulted. This is Biden's America, folks. This is Biden's America. How quickly we went from build back better to United States postal workers being assaulted and food shortages. Here we go. Meanwhile, in the Democrat hellhole of L.A., the United States Postal Service stopped delivering mail to Santa Monica or to a Santa Monica, California neighborhood after multiple carriers were assaulted. Quote, multiple carriers have been subject to assaults and threats of assault from an individual who has been located and apprehended. The safety of our employees in the mail they deliver to you is our highest concern. Until we can ensure the safety of both delivery services, 
or both, excuse me, delivery services will remain suspended. A letter from the United States Postal Service said to residents of Santa Monica, the United States Postal Service is stopping mail uh, service temporarily in Santa Monica and other neighborhoods around the country because of this massive uptick in assault on U.S. Postal Service workers. My question is why? Does anybody have any idea why U.S. postal workers are being targeted? Because I don't. I don't. In the letter from the uh, USPS sent to the neighborhood in the 1300 block of 14th Street, officials said the Postal Service does not enter into decisions to suspend service lightly. The USPS did not elaborate on the assaults. So if anybody has any questions or concerns, you can call 310-255-0446. Again, 310-255-0446. And speaking of phone calls, guys, we are bringing back the phone calls to elected uh, officials here on Live from America. The only reason I hadn't done it is because I did not want to pay to have extra service to be able to use the phone, like voice over IP, VoIP stuff. Uh, But we're going to do that here in the next couple weeks, and I didn't want to sit here like this because we have a completely new setup in this studio. So I just, the only reason I haven't done it is just because it hasn't been available with shelling out more money, and we don't even have enough money to, to operate. So, you know, prioritizing. But we will be bringing that back because I think that was very important. I think it showed a lot of people how to do it, and we were making differences. And I don't think we've, I don't think we've been making as many uh, differences lately. So um, moving on, let's go from California to Wisconsin because there's a lot of stuff going on in Wisconsin, a lot of talk about the decertification. Michael Gableman's still, still uh, doing his thing, and he still has yet to come on the show. We're trying to get him on. Uh, Former Trump attorney John Eastman is now pushing heavy for the decertification of the Wisconsin election following all the recent discoveries of extensive fraud. In the recent weeks, we've discovered the following about the 2020 election in Wisconsin. This is very important. We have said for a long time that the uh, Wisconsin was the lowest hanging fruit. Check this out. Operatives stuffed 957,000 new registrations into the state voter rolls in the 10 months preceding the election or 29% of the total vote. I don't think you guys heard me correctly, so let me say that again. In Wisconsin, operatives stuffed 957,000 new registrations. That means almost 1 million new registered voters into the state's voting rolls in the 10 months prior to the election, all the way up until the night before, or 29% of the total votes in the state. Bet a lot of people don't know that. There was also a 100% turnout in nursing homes, but only in the Zuckerbuck-funded Wisconsin cities where they stole votes from seniors. Here's another thing that came out in the last few weeks. The voter rolls were deliberately not cleaned in the state with millions of extra names on top of the one million extra names they put in there for 10 months prior to the election. The state's election commission charged Republicans $12,500 for data requests, but were giving Democrats the same data for free. 7% of the ballots were illegally trafficked or over 137,000 votes. And at least 107 ballot traffickers were identified in the state. Ladies and gentlemen, that right there, just that right there, is enough to decertify the election in Wisconsin. Half of that, 1% of everything that I just read you, 
is enough to decertify the election in Wisconsin. And there's a lot of effort going on behind the scenes to make this happen. There's about two people that are stopping it. One of them is Robin Voss. Robin Voss. Sooner or later, Robin, you're not even going to be safe to walk out of your own home without being uh, verbally assaulted, verbally attacked, and your reputation is continuing to go down the drain. You might as well be a Democrat. Because if Robin Voss wanted to, he could push this forward. He could push this forward if he wanted to. Decertification has to happen. I don't even care, ladies and gentlemen. Again, I, like I've told you, I would rather, you know what I would rather see in a perfect world? I'm going to tell you what I'd rather see. Instead of everybody decertifying and President Donald J. Trump put back in that White House where he rightfully belongs, you know what I'd rather see? I would rather see President Donald J. Trump become Speaker of the House, impeach both of them, take them out of the White House, and, and have enough Senate votes to do it, and then put them in jail. That's what I would love to see in a perfect world. That's how I would love to see this happen. But we need to put massive pressure on Robin Voss like never before. That's why I need to bring these phone calls back. Because I don't think a lot of people do it unless they see me do it. For whatever reason, that's okay. So we're going to lead. We're going to walk the walk like we talk the talk once again. Voss is a criminal, needs to go to prison, and we need to make this happen. But anyway, moving on, all of these revelations point to a fraudulent election. Joe Biden did not win the state, but they say he won it by only 20,000 votes, and there's over a million that are fraudulent. Over a million. So, former Trump attorney John Eastman is pushing for the decertification in the state. On March 16th, Eastman and others spent nearly two hours behind closed doors pressuring Republican Wisconsin Assembly Speaker Robin Voss to nullify the 2020 election, which we covered and we showed, and reclaim the electors awarded to Biden. Eastman in the meeting urged Voss to decertify the election. Sources familiar with the meeting said, according to Davis, uh, Jefferson Davis, a Wisconsin activist pushing to reverse Biden's victory, who was also in the meeting, Trump's former lawyer pushed Voss to start reclaiming the electors and move forward with either a do-over or having a new slate of electors seated that would declare someone else the winner. When reached for comment, Eastman said in a statement to ABC News, quote, by explicit request from Speaker Voss, that meeting was confidential, so I am not able to make any comment. See, how do I want to say this? If Eastman is really pushing for a decertification like this article suggests that he is, then why in the world would he say by explicit request from Speaker Voss that meeting was confidential, so I'm not able to make any comment? Think about this. If nobody has faith in this loser, and even Eastman is pushing him to do it and saying you need to do this right now, and, 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 and Speaker Voss requests that he doesn't talk about the meeting at all, and he actually complies with that request, one of two things is happening here. Either Trump's old lawyer, Eastman, is a loser and a liar and a fake and a fraud, or something happened in that meeting that Robin Voss does not want the Democrats or anybody else to know about, and he's putting on a front that he's not going to do anything. I don't know. Thank you, J.B. Wright. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're, uh, that's kind. Thank you. I don't know which one it is because I have not had a chance to talk to Robin Voss. I have reached out to have him on the show. I, don't, I think he knows what we think of him. Either way, I would not uh, comply with any request of any of that. I'd say, no, nope, this is what was said. This is what he said. This is what he plans on doing. 
See, the problem here is so many people are too, like too many show hosts like myself are too worried about not getting that guest back on their show, about not getting a meeting with that person anymore. Instead of just standing up, getting a little bit of courage, reaching down deep and saying what needs to be said. So I don't know what's going on here, but what I do know is that the article says that Eastman is pushing for the decertification and we'll see what happens. But 957,000 votes, almost a million votes put into the election. Nah, I don't think so. I don't think so. All right, we're getting uh, near the end of the show, so I want to play you something. This is good news. This is good news, folks. You ready for this? Before we get into it, let me preface it by saying the illegitimate Biden administration went from, like I said earlier, build back better to food shortages, record high, almost 10% inflation, pedophilia running rampant, massive gas prices, and families barely even barely even able to make it from week to week anymore. Look, so many of us lived week to week as it was. Now we're barely even able to make it week to week, okay, because of this loser Biden administration. Build back better to food shortages in 15 months. What an illegitimate, poop-pants, dementia-ridden, feckled, weak loser this guy is. And everybody who works for him is illegally occupying our capital right now. Illegally. Merrick Garland, you're illegal. Joe Biden, you're illegal. Kamala Harris, you're illegal. Pete Booty Plug, you're illegal. Everybody in your administration is illegal. You do not have the legal right to occupy that office. And you can't prove what to us you did. So call me a domestic terrorist. I will tell you and the American people, we need to do what we need to do to make sure that you and nobody like you ever occupies that house ever again when you win like that. Because you didn't win. We know it. You know it. Prove it to us or shut your mouth. But I'll tell you what that spells. I'll tell you what the high gas prices, the high inflation, I'll tell you what it spells. I'll tell you what an illegitimate stealing of an election spells. I'll tell you what not being able to make it from, uh, from week to week with your paycheck anymore spells. Actually, I don't have to tell you what it spells. Let's just have MSNBC tell you what it spells. Because when M- MSNBC tells it, they're really scared. Watch how bad it's going to be for them in the midterms. Democrats, I mean. I mean, I guess the concept of a gender gap, not necessarily new to American politics in ways we've been talking about it in decades, but I think it's striking here, some of these numbers, if you look at the NBC polling coming out in the first few months of this year uh, in advance of the midterm elections this year, and just comparing them to the last midterm election, mm-hmm. the 2018 midterm elections. Let's Watch this. show you what we mean here. So this is 2018, and what you're seeing here, this is the post-election study that was done. These are the most comprehensive numbers I think you're going to get on the break down for the 2018 midterm vote. This is from Pew. And what they found was that men went Democratic by a two-point margin in the 2018 midterms. Women went Democratic by an 18-point margin. So again, a gender gap. And again, this was a year, this is about as good as it gets for, a de- for the Democrats, the midterm wave of 2018 when they took back the House. Now, take a look at the average of our NBC polling on the generic congressional ballot question. Do you yep. want the Democrats? Do you want the Republicans yeah, shut up and get in 2022? Now, the atmosphere overall, obviously, much more Republican-friendly so far. But look at the shift here. Woo! It's a pronounced shift among men. Get them. From Democrats by two in 2018 to in our polling so far this year, Republicans by an 18-point margin. A shift in the Republican direction among men of 20 points here. And among women, you see, it is a shift toward Republicans, 
but barely. It's from an 18-point margin for the Democrats in 18, now a 15-point margin in our polls. And so what you see here is the gap. Men favoring Republicans in our polling by 18 points, women favoring Democrats by 15 points. That amounts to a gender gap in our polling so far this year of 33 points. So or better yet, ladies and gentlemen, the better thing to say or the better uh, the better thing to play it should be this. Look, when MSNBC says that, and by the way, it's not Q. He's not talking about Q. It's a poll, Quinnipiac, a Q, a Q poll. They call it Q. It's Quinnipiac poll, not QQ. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's bad news bears for the Democrats. Even MSNBC is saying it. It's not, it, it, they have no chance on winning. So what we want to be weary of is what um, Naomi Wolf said when she went on Tucker Carlson. Because when Naomi Wolf went on Tucker Carlson last night, she says that she doesn't believe the Democrats are going to allow it. And something bad is going to happen to stop such a massive disaster to the Democratic Party. Check this out. You're right to worry about the midterms. Given the history of, of totalitarianism, there's no reason to believe that the midterms, which will defeat, uh, res deliver a resounding defeat to the Biden administration, are going to be allowed to unfold without an emergency. And if that emergency keeps us all at home, all the better. So I just want to say, for people who don't know, Washington State launched a regulation for the Board of Health that would allow this kind of quarantine without oversight if you're, quote unquote, exposed. So what she was talking about was Shanghai, China and what's going on in China. We talked about that yesterday. And she's talked about how that's going to come to America. Now, you've seen Philadelphia is already masking back up for indoors. Here's what I'm telling you and what I need to tell you right now. If you, the American people allow this government to do this to you again. And I'm talking about masks and vas vaccines and lockdowns. If you allow them to do this again, if you say, well, I got to do it because I won't have my job. If you say, well, I got to do it because I won't be able to go into this grocery store or that grocery store, you're part of the problem. If you allow them to lock you down again, you might as well go move to China. You've already given away your country. Do you want to fight for your country? I said it yesterday. Fighters, do you want to fight? Do you want to fight? Because the only way we're going to get these hundred seats and kill this Democratic Party for a hundred years and absolutely dismantle it from the bottom up, top down, side to side, is if we actually destroy them in November. They're not going to be able to cheat again, so they're going to try something different. They're going to try to do what they're doing in China. They're going to try to lock us down. Are you going to let them? Are you going to actually die not letting them lock you down? You have to be prepared to literally die. I am prepared to literally die and never see my children again and never have my children ever see me again except on a video that they watched prior to my death to fight these lockdowns, to fight this irridiculous, over and uh, overbloated flu. I will not allow this to happen. I didn't allow it to happen the last time. The question is, are the hundreds of other millions of Americans who broke down, masked up, and got the vaccine going to allow this to happen again? Because it's really all on you. Everything is all on everybody who's watching this show today. You want to defeat this country, uh, the, this, these Democrats forever? You want to dismantle their party? Stop allowing them to push you around. Get arrested. Walk into a store without your mask on and get arrested. Make them arrest you. Make them. If you get arrested for not wearing a mask, we in the Life from America family will gather the money up and bail you out and pay your legal fees if we have to. It's worth the fight. Get arrested. Never seen the inside of a jail cell before? It's not that bad. 
You'll be out in no time. But the only way you're going to win this war is if you are not afraid to literally die for it. Very easy. Just say no. I see so many of you saying, I never complied, will not comply. Well, a lot of us did. We're not going to do it again. Now, I want to end the show by playing you some uh, great remarks that our, uh, the great Roger Stone made last night from Pastor Greg Locke's church. Uh, last night, Real America's Voice News was at Pastor Greg Locke's church for part of the Save America Freedom Tour. Roger Stone was there. I want to play you two minutes of what Roger Stone said last night. And maybe, just maybe, this will help pump you up a little bit more. The answer lies, of course, on the Internet. In other words, Apple, Google, Yahoo, these companies don't own the Internet. They simply own highly influential software that is too widely used on the Internet. You can build an internet platform. You can put your own servers up. You can askew their cheap plug-in software to build a beacon of freedom that people will go to. It can be done. That great patriot Mike Lindell tried to do it. He may do it yet again. But therein lies the answer. Because we can break through. And once we break through, we can galvanize the American people to demand honest elections. We can clean house in the Republican Party and send the gutless, feckless, weak-kneed, white wine-swilling, brie-cheese-eating, country club-belonging, corrupt rhino Republicans and show them the door. Amen. Amen. Make no mistake about what we face, folks. This is not 1960. This is not about a day in which we had two major political parties and they had different governing philosophies, but they both loved America. John Kennedy was an anti-communist. He loved America. This was not about the days when the Republicans wanted to tax and spend a little less and the Democrats wanted to tax and spend a little more. No, we have two parties in this country, the patriots and the traitors. This is not about Republican and Democrat anymore. It is about those who believe in our constitutional freedoms and are ready to fight for them. And it is those who have sold us out. Amen. We don't have uh, two parties anymore. We don't have Democrats and Republicans. We have patriots and traitors. Which side of history are you going to be on? Which side of history are you going to be on? And as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, one of the reasons, one of the big reasons why I chose to drive tens of thousands of miles last year rather than fly was because I would not wear a mask. And I just got done telling you to not allow them to make you put on a mask again, didn't I? So why in the hell would I get on a plane tomorrow morning and fly to Arkansas, even though I've made a commitment, if I have to put on a damn mask? Sorry for my language. I want to take a quick poll right now, live. I want my audience, my life from America family to tell me right now, 
Should I or should I not honor my commitment and fly to Arkansas tomorrow having to wear a mask on that plane? If you think that I should honor my commitment and go and put on that mask to do that, tell me, go. If you think that I should not, say no. I want to see it in the live comments on all social media threads right now. And I will follow what you tell me to do because I don't work for Real America's Voice News. I work for you. Period. They're going to be mad. Ben's going to be mad. Everybody's going to be mad at me. But guess what? I listen to you. So I want to see, do I go or do I not go? No or go? Let me know in the comment section. Eli, please um, look at uh, your Facebook page and see what they say. No, no, I can't drive, people. I can't drive. It's it's too long. It's too far. I'll be out of out of commission forever. No, 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 no. Oh, there's some. Yes, go make your commitment. No, honor your commitment. No, 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 no. You already committed. No, go, go. Go, go. It is a resounding no, but there's also a lot of honor your commitments. That's a hard one. That is a hard one. What what does yours say? More goes than no's on Facebook? It's pretty much split now. I'm seeing a lot of goes. What we're going to do is we're going to go through this after the show, my producer and I. That would be complying. You are correct. I can't drive, guys. Guys, I can't drive. It's too far. Joined by video. I thought about that. Hard decision. Yeah. No, I get it. Since you're committed, go. Don't let Ben down. Go and eat and drink the whole time. Joined by video. Boy, it's pretty split in there, guys. I'm going to go through these, and I'm going to let you know at 5 o'clock tonight, okay? Uh, Anyway, guys, God bless you. Remember, there are right ways and wrong ways, but there's only one Yahweh. So stand up tall. Keep your shoulders back. Keep your chest out and keep your head up high because you are a child of God, and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. I want to say thank you, guys. Because I, you mean more to me than anybody. You mean more to me than anybody in this, in, in, at least in, uh, outside of my family and God, obviously. So I'm going to honor what you guys want me to do. I want to honor what you guys want me to do. I'll uh, check in on that. We'll be back at 5 p.m. for more Life from America. Until then, guys, keep a smile on your face. Be happy people. Spread some joy. Stand up for this country. All right? God bless each and every one, and I'll see you at 5 o'clock. Bye-bye. Rebirth of America. Been a long time coming, and we all learned something that we won't ever give it up. Long as I'm bleeding, I'ma never stop screaming that we first in America.